Today, what to expect when flying over this holiday travel season. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan, brought to you by Varion, formerly ATP. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. The period from Thanksgiving through the new year is the busiest time for air travel in the U.S., and it's often snagged by bad weather, flight delays, and other challenges. As we look toward the December holiday season, we know that, while business aviation doesn't cause delays, operators nevertheless need to be prepared for the unexpected, with alternatives at the ready. It's important for people to understand that air traffic volume across the NAS is back to pre-pandemic numbers, if not higher, for all operators to include the airlines. Peak travel days and times will see air traffic management initiatives as they're going to be necessary to manage the increased traffic volume. Janice Planton is manager for NBAA Air Traffic Services, which assists members in flight planning from the floor of the FAA's Air Traffic Control System Command Center. Where are the most common areas for delays, Jan? So typically you're looking at Florida, the Caribbean, and then of course we have ski country out to the middle of the country. So we'll have quite a few uh, people traveling to those destinations. I'm also pleased to welcome back to Flight Plan Jason Rooks, the FAA's National Operations Manager at the Command Center. How can delays at certain locations ripple across the NAS, Jason? So to Janice's point, you'll see challenges from the Midwest facilities at the Northeast facilities in terms of volume into and through all the southeastern United States, meaning Texas to Mexico, Florida, Puerto Rico, and all the way through the uh, deep Caribbean facilities. Out to the Midwest or the Western facilities, we're really just talking about the ski country airports in and around Aspen and Eagle, some potential impacts for the Salt Lake Center ski country uh, airports. They tend to have some volume as well. I think the non-air carrier traffic is always harder to quantify on our our end, and it would be nice if everyone were represented by a trade organization and received our publications, but overall, the things that help us the most are early notification of intent. It's always helpful to the command center and industry as a whole in terms of pre-planning with an organization like NBAA. We don't like to be tactical and dynamic. I think most people want their information on the front side. But to Janice's point, I think we're expecting a robust travel season. So we'll have to see what happens there. It looks like we are getting all of that traffic back to pre-pandemic levels, if not higher. And we'll have to see if it balances out again. The challenge for us at the command center is it's all connected, right? All of that traffic coming out of the Midwest or the Northeast going southbound during these uh, holiday seasons or these peak travel seasons. It really is connected in terms of how we moderate traffic through the NAS so that we don't overwhelm airspace and or a particular facility. Palm Beach is going to uh, be a significant player again this year uh, in terms of their loss of a runway and their geographic location. They do have customs, so that is one of the first places that small airframes tend to file to to get into the United States. And uh, we are constantly redefining and working on our predictive analytics tools so that we can provide a better product for industry as a whole. My third guest is Dean Snell, who's also manager for NBAA Air Traffic Services. Lately, the holidays have proven to be a challenging time for commercial air carriers as well, Dean. How can the issues they face also affect business aviation? 
We obviously share the airspace and the airports uh, and the infrastructure. So, you know, we're looking at volume for, for all flight operators. As Jan and Jason had mentioned, you know, the, the volume is back. Uh, we've seen an increase in airline traffic this past year. In business aviation, we saw them rebound a little quicker coming out of the pandemic. So, so that volume has been there, you know, for at least a year or two. Uh, and with the airlines, um, you know, getting back to pre-pandemic levels, it certainly is increasing that amount of traffic in the airspace. There are specific airports that share both airline and business aviation operations. You know, in, in particular down in Florida, West Palm Beach is, is one that we see quite a bit of traffic, especially on, on the weekends and through those holidays, as well as the ski country airports, in particular Aspen and Eagle. We also see Northeast airports with increases, especially at the end of the weekends and coming out of the holidays where folks are heading back to uh, the cold weather after their uh, reprieve. So those airports are being uh, managed and watched for that return when folks are heading back home. So for that reason, you know, we're also seeing ground delay programs and airspace flow programs that are going to manage that volume back into the Northeast. Caribbean airports as well um, share both uh, air carrier traffic and business aviation traffic. Providenciales and the Turks and Caicos remains a very congested airport throughout the holiday season, you know, going into March with spring break. So that's an airport that we commonly see traffic management initiatives required, especially on the weekends. We'll have more in a moment after this word from our sponsor. Take your aviation operations to new heights. Introducing Varion, formerly known as ATP, your ultimate partner in achieving maximum aircraft uptime. At Varion, we understand the challenges faced by everyone in aviation. Our industry-leading technology solutions revolutionize aircraft management, so there's no more waiting, no more wondering, and no more wasted effort. Get real-time visibility of your maintenance, inventory, operations, and regulatory data right at your fingertips with an easy-to-use system. Backed by a team of experts with deep aviation knowledge offering 24-7, 365 support. After 50 years in the business, we have built a growing reputation for getting our customers more aircraft uptime. That's why thousands of aircraft operators worldwide have already discovered the power of Varion. Say goodbye to downtime and hello to increased efficiency and profitability. Visit Varion.com to learn more. Varion, let's get you more uptime. We're back now with Dean Snell, Jan Planton, and Jason Rooks, and our discussion about the upcoming December holiday travel season. Dean, what signs should operators be looking out for that may indicate a developing situation in the NAS, and where can they go to find that information? The FAA provides numerous situational awareness tools on their website, uh, which is fly.fa.gov. That will take you to the main page, which will show a quick snapshot of which airports are are in programs. There's any airspace flow programs out there. It'll also capture departure delays, arrival delays uh, that are being reported within the ATC system. 
On that page, there's also on the top left, there are many tabs that include additional information that will provide that situational awareness to, to the flight operators. And these include the advisory webpage, which if any initiative is published at the command center, it's going to come out in an advisory. There's also a link to the reroutes page, which is going to show any active reroute that's, that's in place. And you can also link to the NOTAMs and aviation weather websites off of that fly.faa.gov homepage. The FAA website is definitely the first place I would go just to kind of check and see what's going on in the NAS. And I think it's also important to note that many people are still working remotely or have hybrid work schedules. So it means that their travel schedule is a little bit more flexible, which also means that we're going to see higher volume on days that historically maybe had lower volume. So keeping that in mind, you know, obviously you want to avoid the peak travel times, but you also need to be cognizant of what's going on even on those non-traditionally busier days. Jason, what would you recommend from the FAA side? The only thing that I would add is, you know, historical volume days are always important, early filings and, and looking at both the national and the international landscape as a whole. And when I say that, I mean, checking your NOTAMs, your airspace NOTAMs, your terminal NOTAMs, understanding system impact reports, all of that gives industry an insight to what's going on in and around the airspace and on the ground at some of these facilities as a lot of these markets begin to grow past what the original intention of the airfield was was built for, being quite honest. A lot of the airports are old. And so being in densely compacted places where growth is not always available instantly, I think you really have to look at everything uh, holistically in terms of, of what's available in terms of information. I believe that uh, what Janice said uh, was really to the point of post-COVID with telework available to all or to a, a large majority of the traveling population, we've seen days of busy traffic slide. So where we used to have peak departure demand on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and peak arrival demand on the Sunday following Thanksgiving, telework and the ability to travel with your work now allows people to take off on Tuesday. And so I don't know that the spikes are gonna be what they were historically, but we're showing the demand still there over an extra day or a day and a half. That makes sense. How about when traveling specifically to popular winter destinations like Aspen or Eagle? So Aspen and Eagle present unique challenges geographically where they're located, runway configurations, how they actually have to run operations within Denver Center to make volume days work. I think that industry partners have separate problems in an airport like uh, Aspen, whether it's gate constraints or surface constraints. We do have uh, three major tools that we use to solve Denver Center's problem, which is the overlying parent facility to Aspen, Eagle, and Rifle. Uh, That is ground delay programs, dual AFP strategy, and significant mile and trail to make it work. We have changed some of the route structure to get to and from because it was impacting Denver International's ability to hold aircraft in challenging time for their major international airport. 
I think that those airports will always be a challenge simply because of the way the facilities are structurally set up and the airport is structurally set up. Uh, I think the dual AFP strategy has helped in some instances. However, when the challenge is low ceilings and weather, which is an issue in the Rockies, we have to look at different strategies. I would also say early intention for non-air carrier traffic to get there as early as possible when space is available. I think that that's the key a lot of times. It's tough to get in there at night into the mountains, into the dark. So that would be my recommendation is early intention and arriving early. Dean, I know that available parking space can be at a premium at these airports too. Definitely. I mean, you know, that's the other constraint that Aspen and Eagle are certainly dealing with volume for their airspace and their runways, especially with the single runway and in, in mountainous terrain. But what we see quite often, especially at Aspen and Eagle, are those ramps filling up. And quite often it's, it's at the last minute. So we're getting ground stops that are required because they simply have run out of where they can put an aircraft. So you have to wait for then some departures to get off the ground to, to be able to come out of that ground stop. I always say if you're heading into one of those airports, it's, it's really important to have a backup plan ready in your back pocket. A common alternate is Rifle or Grand Junction or another airport that, that they can then use to e- either wait to get back in to Aspen or Eagle and or ground transportation in, which is going to possibly happen on those days where you know the volume is extreme and those parking capacity issues are rearing their ugly head. And I would add, um, we're seeing Jackson Hole becoming uh, a much more popular destination during the winter. So there's focus on that airport as well. There's construction going on there. And what we've seen uh, in the last year and expect again this year is reduced parking capacity for overnight and or extended times uh, where a, a PPR through the FBO will be required for those overnight operations. So that's something to keep in mind if you're heading in or out of Jackson Hole. Even if you're familiar with an airfield, you absolutely want to check the NOTAMs. You want to check weather, certainly from your you know, departure airport and in route and then your, your destination. But you also want it to be informed of what's going on in the NAS. If there's going to be a program, you can look at the operations plan on that same website just to kind of see what initiatives are in place, and then what ones we expect to to be in place. Make sure you file early. So if we do have to implement something, you're captured in that and you can get an edict time that will hopefully work for you. It sounds like the best advice for business aviation operators this time of year would be to be prepared to adjust your plans. Well, I just think that uh, if, if possible, be as flexible as possible, whether it's maybe a different destination airport, if that makes sense, and it's possible for them to do that. Offset their, their travel times, if able, just to, to avoid those peak times. And definitely uh, look at what routes are, are in place and, and use you know the structured routing that's available to them. The other thing that operators want to be aware of, we have quite a few VIP temporary flight restrictions that pop up. So it's definitely something to keep an eye out for, you know, MBA. We, we do publish those on our website for operators to check if there's going to be any kind of VIP travel in the area or along the route that they're going to go, just to, to double check that and make sure that they comply with whatever those restrictions might be. The Wilmington presidential TFR is quite common on the weekends. And what that specifically will do is shut off the Jake arrival into Teterboro and Morristown which will limit the the routes available 
from Florida and the Caribbean up into Teterboro and Morristown. And you either have to do the deep water waters route over the Atlantic or come up through Cleveland Center, which is much longer and definitely a higher flight time. So we usually recommend if you're going into Teterboro, Morristown, when that Wilmington presidential TFR is active, to use that waters route on the Atlantic side, which is a little bit shorter. Dean and Janice are both spot on. Early filings are are the key to us understanding where you would like to be and know your alternate strategy. Due to weather rolling in late in the mountains or due to volume in the airspace, you may not have planned accordingly just in terms of timing. Some of that is luck. Assume positive intent is always where you want to be, but some of that really is just luck in terms of volume showing up simultaneously. Great points. Dean, what additional advice do you have for operators this winter holiday season? Flexibility of changing your times can really help you. I know most passengers or folks that are using business aviation are going to want to stay as long as they can, enjoying the time away from home. But what I've seen over the years, especially out of South Florida, is early in the morning on a Sunday, um, which is the popular day to return, you'll see minimal to no delay uh, on departures in the morning before noon. And then it really ramps up. And that's when your delays can, can get excessive, especially on those peak demand days. So if you're able to depart earlier, it's probably going to get you out of the delays. And if you stick with those afternoon times, I think then just have the expectation of delays. And as long as you, you know, you have that expectation, it's not a surprise. It's just very common to see, um, especially on Sunday afternoons back out of Florida and the Caribbean. I would also add flexibility to coming back into the Northeast is the same. Whereas if you can get in earlier in the day, it tends to help reduce the delays when you're in return mode. Sounds like this is also a good time for the flight department to maintain open lines of communication with their principals and be ready to present them with options and be able to explain and justify those options if necessary. That's a great point because really it's it, it's all about the awareness, um, letting your passengers know that if if you're leaving during those peak times that they can expect delay and letting them know up front, they're going to be aware of it. So it's not a surprise. When you don't expect delay and you get it, it's much more bothersome. You know, the only thing I would probably add is Providenciales for Turks and Caicos. It's become a really popular destination for both air carriers and business aviation. And the fact that they underlie Miami Center airspace you know, where there's a lot of traffic to begin with and sequencing that traffic into Providenciales, which by the way, is an airport with a single runway. That's why it has to be managed. And on those high volume days, you're almost certainly going to see an airspace flow program managing that arrival demand. Because the other piece to this is there are airline flights coming in from Europe, which add to that demand. And, And you're talking a single runway airport, so your arrival rate is going to be much lower than, than at a major international airport. If we see a high influx of traffic, especially from the deep Caribbean, it really does put a stress on the system in terms of what New York Center can structurally handle coming up the coast on waters. I believe that Dean's analysis of where the TFR sits in Wilmington 
is spot on, in part because I had to help build that airspace with the security side of the house. It does force the general aviation traffic further west into Indianapolis and Cleveland Center prior to turning the corner to go to the Northern Jersey satellites. And I think you'll see that more often because we don't have a way to throttle back the deep water non-radar traffic that comes from the deep Caribbean into New York. So that traffic almost has to go. And without being able to go through Wilmington airspace, we don't really have an option to send it up the coast on via waters anymore with the, with the Wilmington airspace active because New York Center structurally can't handle the volume with the progress times from the non-radar traffic mixing with traffic north and south over the coast. They just simply get overwhelmed. Unfortunately, the proper space is through Indianapolis and Cleveland Center. So on challenging days, my open assessment would be fly back on Monday, fly early, early on Sunday, or you can expect to have to pack heavy in terms of fuel. My hands are tied in what I can do with VIP airspace. Final takeaway from this is that all the normal challenges we face every day in the NAS become even more prevalent over the holidays. And again, for the latest information on the status of our nation's airspace, visit fly.faa.gov. I also encourage you to follow NBAA Air Traffic Services on X and Facebook. Flight operations can also subscribe to receive specialized services from the ATS team. You can check those out at nbaa.org forward slash ATS. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. And join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Sending out 3500. All right, we got him inside. We're slowing back to 170.